Hello world, this is Better Tech, a podcast where we chat with some of the most successful leaders about the latest industry developments. So join us as we explore the world reliant on tech. Hi Robert, welcome to the show. How about you quickly introduce yourself and we'll get right into it. Today's topic being around tech strategy and team management. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, so I'm Robert Falzon. I'm the uh, head of engineering uh, in the office of the CTO for Checkpoint Software. I'm based in uh, Toronto, Canada. Uh, I've been with Checkpoint now for, this is my 18th year at the organization. So I've seen a lot uh, with the company and certainly a lot in the, uh, in the industry as well. So, Robert, you work closely with the CDO, big teams, etc. Is it a challenge these days? Is it nerve-wracking? Is it exciting? How would you go about it? I think the from a, from an IT perspective, obviously, my focus uh, in all of this is in cybersecurity. So, I think with the advent, uh, even even just prior to the, um, the the challenges we had with COVID, at the beginning of last year, around the March uh, December to March timeframe. Uh, we've seen a significant uh, impact in our business from a number of different factors. The, the first one, obviously, uh, was the fact that everybody suddenly had to move a number of their resources uh, to work remotely. So this forced businesses to take a serious look at maybe accelerating work from home programs, yeah. creating more uh, budget, uh, so that created impacts to other um, you know activities that they may have slated for the year. Of you know those budgets were reallocated. So it, it created a lot of turmoil and chaos for a number of a number of organizations that I'm working with, not the least of which uh, related to the security aspect of it and the fact that it created so much more uh, risk uh, in in the environment. So it is exciting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what are the building blocks of a good ID security strategy? Well, there's there's a whole lot of them. I think you know the the primary thing that I see uh, that I could that I could point to specifically that's made a big difference for companies in times of chaos is engagement so engaging with their peers uh, is is one major one that i think gets overlooked quite a bit the second one probably is the return uh, to the basics right having a look at a solid it security model just you know if if you have folks who are certified in various different uh, aspects of security cybersecurity, and general network awareness that you rely on those uh, resources right make sure that we're we're paying our our people uh, an appropriate wage to make sure that we're getting the, you know, the, the people that's that are going to make the difference for us. Uh, we've seen a, a significant increase in challenge uh, related to uh, populating important roles uh, with, with, uh, with individuals who can complete those tasks for us. So yeah. I think, you know, uh, probably the return to the basics, right? Have a look at your, your security model. Are you properly engaging that model? Are you following it through from, you know, uh, from the creation of the strategy to the review of that process? Uh, and to, to the change uh, change control aspect of it. Those are the things that in times of chaos uh, tend to get pushed aside. So we need to go back to that basic fundamentals, uh, I think is is the, the most probably important thing that I would uh, highlight. So you can have the models, you can have the frameworks, but at the end of the day, it's the person, right? It's the leader, the team, uh, team manager in charge that's actually going to bring the most out of the resources. So how important is it to be an empathy-based leader in all of this? This is huge. Uh, I think when there's so much at risk, uh, when there's so many challenges uh, in the workplace, we tend to, you know, focus on the task at hand and not so much the people who are responsible for completing those tasks for us. 
empathy is critical. Uh, I know at Checkpoint, we've been uh, very careful to make sure that our, that our personnel uh, are properly managed from a, from a mental health perspective to make sure that you know, they're taking their necessary vacation uh, in times of, of extreme challenge okay. like this. Uh, it's become difficult for a lot of people to, to separate their home life from their work life. So you need to be a little bit more, uh, probably a lot more aware uh, of the circumstances that your personnel find themselves in, uh, because if you're not looking after their health, uh, they will go somewhere to find someone who will work with them on Absolutely. that. So how would you define your leadership style? Is it team centric? It is. So for me, I think from a, from a team perspective, I like to focus on empowerment. So, you know, I spend the time in advance making sure that I have the right people. So we have a careful vetting process and, a, and an interview process that's uh, very deliberate. But then once we have those people in place, we tend to want to empower them. Right. So I rely on their decision making. Uh, I make sure that they feel empowered to make change where they feel it's necessary. Uh, and I also like to keep them socially engaged so that they realize that uh, the company is more than just the sum of the business, but they also have uh, a direct impact on the communities that they find themselves in too. And you do have to be empathetic to, to understand those. So if you talk about empowerment and about team management, has there ever been a time where you deliberately let your team fail so that they will learn from it? Do you see that as an effective strategy? I do. And, and yes, I have done exactly that. And you know, as a as a, a top level executive, you do have to, as I mentioned, rely on the decision making prowess of those that you put in those places. So I think at this point, uh, from a if you're if you're trying to figure out a way to to make them feel like they're engaged and make them feel like they're going to be successful, they will have to make decisions that sometimes will not be entirely accurate. I don't know everything, obviously, despite the term that I've had here, there's always fresh thinking and new perspectives. Uh, those you have to take risks sometimes. And I do believe that by empowering your personnel to make some of those choices and to 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 support them when they do so, they will fail sometimes. Yeah. But failure is also the beginning of uh, a new opportunity, right? So what are your top three tips for giving feedback that empowers others? Well, that's a, that's a tougher one. I said, I would have to say that from specifically from an empowerment perspective, I think you have to need to uh, provide them the tools, right? So always be uh, inquiring about whether or not they feel they're going to be successful. So you'll find sometimes that we might initiate a program, for example, and deliver it to our teams and then expect them just to simply execute on it, not realizing that maybe there are aspects uh, of their enablement that are missing. So I think one of the big ones is always keep your door open. So I, I, I empower my uh, team to constantly reach out to me, whether or not they're direct reports of mine or you know, skip level reporting. Uh, I always make sure that the door is open for communication. Second tip I would say uh, is certainly to make sure that uh, they speak up, demand change. If they see something that's not working, uh, make sure they engage uh, with the proper teams. And if they don't know who they are, to reach out to me so I can, I can help them with that. Uh, and I think be bold, right? So one of the one of the challenges we have sometimes in a leadership position uh, is that you know it might be perceived that we're not open to ideas. I think uh, despite the fact that we have a mission that we need to execute yeah. on, uh, a lot of our uh, junior members often have great ideas, uh, and we need to find a way to make sure that they're empowered to share those ideas uh, and you know to give them the opportunity to succeed. To succeed. So in hindsight, what is something that you've actually learned from your team? I think, you know, as I said, I've been in the business a long time now. So I think with, with that relation to some of the new technologies, uh, that's probably a, the, the biggest thing that's changed uh, my outlook. The fact that we have 
uh, a number of um, new significant technologies and advancements in things like artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, I've my team has become a lot younger and a lot more engaged in some of these newer technologies. I'm learning in ways that we can deploy those technologies to solve problems that maybe I've been struggling with for you know for a longer time. That's the most amazing thing for me, I think, uh, is the fact that you know we just have so much innovation today, and our our young people are really bringing a new uh, you know inspiring uh, perspective. And managing such teams for so long, have you ever fallen into the perfectionist trap? That's a little bit more difficult, I think. Uh, I do subscribe to the, you know, the the enemy of uh, uh, good is perfect. So, you know, sometimes you do have to make incremental steps towards your goal. I, I wouldn't say that I've fallen specifically into that trap. I do have a, I do demand um, a great deal from my teams. But to be fair, uh, this is a, a high stakes business, right? So we do have to be very, very good. Uh, from a cybersecurity perspective, we really need to start relying on the processes and make sure that we're executing properly. Uh, when we have a policy, follow it. Uh, make sure that, as I said, my people are empowered to point out uh, issues or challenges within that process. And I think with that, um, we can avoid many of the pitfalls of, uh, of relying on perfect. So what are your, some of your tips to scale your business when looking at global markets? Well, so my focus uh, currently is in Canada. So I don't so much have a global perspective uh, in, that pers uh, in, in that particular case. So for me, uh, scaling is more related to a national perspective for me, but I think it's, it's very similar. We, you know, we have to look for partnerships and uh, here at Checkpoint, we are a partner-driven organization, which means that we don't try to do it all ourselves. We're not trying to boil the ocean. Uh, we really, we really look for strategic engagements with, um, with partners of ours to allow us to approach the business in a more um, a team or team oriented fashion. I think the same uh, policy can apply to international business. Really, uh, you need to look and reach out to strategic partners, do your research, and grow uh, via that maneuver. I think that's probably my best advice. What does it take to be a good, I mean, it's obviously hard to define what a good leader is because there are so many aspects to it, but in your opinion, like, you know, so many technological advancements happening, what do you think a tech leader of today and going forward should actually encompass? I think you need to surround yourself uh, with the right people, right? So any anytime that I look at a new hire, I look to find something that I'm missing, right? Something that will make our team stronger as a whole. We can't demand that each individual on our teams uh, have all of the tools uh, in their person. We have to start building teams that work together. There's so many technologies. As a tech leader, you're not going to find an engineer who knows everything about every tech. So you do need to be a little bit more diverse, uh, be open to different ideas. You know, for example, you know, traditionally uh, we've seen a huge shift uh, in cybersecurity business from you know local data centers into the cloud. So it's required a completely uh, new set of engineering capability and engineering knowledge. So I'm finding myself uh, reaching, you know, threat hunters and cloud technicians and individuals who perhaps might not have been considered for a, a role like mine uh, in the past. So diversity is key. Uh, certainly, um, that's going to be a, a major factor in your in your success. Absolutely. And lastly, Robert, how do you think the C-suite operations will evolve in the next three years? Uh, that's an interesting one. I think, again, you're going to see more collaboration. I'm seeing more and more every day now that uh, individuals who are responsible for not just the, the bits, well, specifically, I'm involved in cybersecurity mostly, 
but the you know the the CISOs and uh, CIOs that I'm working with are finding themselves constantly looking for more information. So as I mentioned before about strategic partnerships, I think from a business perspective, uh, achieving those uh, those from a communications perspective, get involved with. Uh, your peers in the industry and share that knowledge. Typically, cybersecurity knowledge has been something that's kept fairly close to the vest as we figured, you know, if we keep it a secret, nobody will know how to hack us. Uh, that's changed dramatically now. Uh, we encourage information sharing, sharing of uh, procedures and ideas. I think you're going to see a lot more collaboration between companies as they learn to cope with, uh, you know, the, the next few years here of uh, security challenges. Okay. Well, thank you, Robert, for joining us today. That's all we have for our episode today. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to WeatherTech. We look forward to bringing you the latest industry news in our next episode. In the meantime, check out our other episodes at techcell.com slash podcast and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss an episode.